the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yes, we here we are, the Ring Podcast. 2023 Stanley Cup Finals, Vegas Golden Knights up to nothing series, just the Sunrise, Florida, uh, later in this week. Uh, so Florida is down uh, to nothing, and uh, kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they definitely dominated the game, too. Uh, but we could go back to game one and uh, really get thoughts on how that transpired. Uh, and it was, it was just a screen away to really making that game interesting in the sense of uh, Florida, the Florida Panthers. That was a very good... Uh, screen. Well, it was actually the clear screen in Bobrovsky for that white cloud goal on Saturday that made the difference, and Vegas never looked back. And then you fast forward into two, uh, game two, and Vegas just jumped all over them for nothing. Never was going to recover. So there's really one main question. Does Florida have it in them to get back into the series? I say they do, but let's talk to the guys. We won't be here long. Let's talk about what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers. Uh, uh, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Let's go to the C notes. We've got Scott with us, got Glenn with us. What's up, uh, Carl? How you doing, man? How's everything? Uh, talking some hockey. Uh, just say hello to the people. I'll come right back to you. How you doing, sir? How's everything? A pleasant good evening, Steve, Glenn, Scott, and everybody. I think we got one more week of hockey to go. And after after about Saturday, I think that's going to be about it. All right, cool, Ian. Yeah, I got a show to catch up on, and we'll talk about all that towards the end. Glenn, what's up, bro? How you doing, man? How's everything? Say hello to the people. I'm doing good. Hello to everybody. Hello to all of you guys. We're uh, two games into the Stanley Cup uh, Finals. Had one that was pretty much a blowout, another one that was uh, close uh, game mm-hmm. one up until about six, seven minutes left in the game. So um, I yeah. kind of agree with you, Steve. I still think we got a series here. Um, the way we've yeah. seen uh, blowouts go one way or the other, uh, they don't really seem to matter in the playoffs this year. So I think we still have a series on our hands. Right on, right on. Shout-outs to Glenn and Scott. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, say, say something real quick, and then we'll go to Carl and get his thoughts. But go ahead, Scott. How you doing? Hey, good uh, Good evening, gentlemen. Um, yep, good start, I guess. Well, not good start for me, but good, good start hockey-wise. And um Yep, that's it. We'll uh, go around. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think it's really, uh, from a, uh objective fan's perspective, Carl, I mean, it's really that simple for me. Does Florida get back into this? I do think so, but Vegas looked very good in game two. They looked at game – they looked at well in game one. I mean, Mercer Salt, Mark Stone uh, – they, they they all played well, and they didn't even have everybody, like, you know, Carrier and all these other guys on their team that, like, put up a lot of impact. But they took advantage uh, in, in that third period, like, like Glenn said. But your thoughts, Carl, um, on the series thus far, but does Florida make the – did they come back in this series? And then we'll go to the other guys and get their thoughts. So the one thing – now, I missed part of Saturday's game. So I, I got a chance to see, you know uh, – uh, sort of condensed replay um, the next day. But one thing that I'm noticing now 
is something I've been warning about for a couple of weeks, and that the bill is coming due. Some of those shots that Bob was saving in the earlier rounds of the postseason are the same shots that's happening now, only this time they're going in. And some of the stuff that Florida was doing in previous rounds, they're still doing it. They're just paying for it this time around. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of operating life on a credit card. You know, nothing is free. You know, you eventually have to pay the bill. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Um, I'm not totally sure there's really much Florida could do about it, you know, because they were sort of operating on that high wire act of Bobrovsky saving everything. But if that were to just be adjusted a little bit, what would then happen? And, you know, the, obviously game one got, you know, got away from them, you know, towards the end of the second period. But, you know, the game last night, uh, it was, that was incredibly, incredibly problematic. Um, and uh, I'm not totally sure what Florida strategically can do to change anything um, about, unfortunately. Uh, and we'll probably go around to talk about this later on. But, you know, the one thing that, again, just – I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. The the Truba Express hit last night, and the anger that came about from it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm tired of this. Like, can we please stop? <laughs> I, just, I, I I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, we keep seeing these plays, and we keep like, what what's the guy supposed to do, and what's the reaction supposed to be? I don't know the answer but I'll pose it to everybody. Like, what am I, like, that happened again. Like, what are we supposed to do about this? Okay. Glenn, what are you, what were you supposed to do about this? As far I, as, I, as you know, I got to say, I wasn't expecting this to come up, so I kind of have to think about it. Um, mm. uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It is, it is ridiculous. It really is. And uh, I think the NHL has got to take a look at it and uh, really, uh, you know, put some, uh, some penalties to, uh, you know, people going after somebody who makes a, a legal hit. Um, this has happened far too much. We've seen it uh, in a couple of the series. Obviously, we've seen it with Truba. Um, and uh, uh, to be honest, like I said, I don't know, maybe Scott's got a better answer or you do, Steve. Uh, I haven't really given a lot of thought uh, uh, for tonight because I wasn't expecting it to come up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really getting ridiculous to uh, to see this, especially for somebody like me who's been around a long time, and you guys have too. And uh, you know, it wasn't like this before. You know, if it was a it was a clean, solid hit, you took it like a a man, and uh, you know, it just went on. But no, I think it's just gotten out of hand. And uh, hopefully, I'll have a better answer for you next time we talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, but but what else are your thoughts on the games, uh, Glenn? As far as oh, how things went from games one where. You know, and, you know, halfway through the third period, or almost halfway through the third, and uh, the the goal that got the the three to two lead, it, it, and the Duclair, you know, it didn't really help Robrovsky off the screen, and then it was after that, it's like it's, it's been downhill since for the uh, Panthers uh, in in Vegas. So what are your thoughts? It's just the flow of the game. Yeah, that, yeah, that was an unfortunate situation with Duclair on that on that screen, um, but uh, you know, I mean that. I had two questions going into the series about Florida. First was the layoff. Uh, that was a, a an extremely long layoff between their last game and, and the first game of the finals. And I was wondering how they were going to react to that. And that's obviously an age-old question. Do you, do you prefer the rest or do you prefer to keep the momentum going? 
Um, usually you see the, the effect of a long layoff in game one, but, um, you know, that was a competitive game. That game was 3-2 until there were six, seven minutes left in the game. So, um, you know, that game didn't really seem to affect them. Uh, it came more to me in the second game where, you know, you saw a little more uh, Jekyll and Hyde of uh, Bobrovsky, which was the other question I had coming into the series with that long layoff. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the the game last night was really just out of hand pretty quickly. And uh, you knew that uh, Florida wasn't going to be able to come back. But, uh, you know, the one thing is, and, you know, we always say this, you're not in trouble until you lose a game at home. And uh, the way we've seen uh, goalies bounce back from bad games, we've seen teams bounce back from uh, getting blown out in one game and playing really well their best game in the next game. Um, I still think we've got a series with this. Um, it, you know, in just kind of watching the two games, I, I still think Vegas is going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a four or five game series. I think we're still looking six and uh, maybe seven, but uh, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the games themselves, I thought the first game was competitive, and I don't see why game three and game four in Florida couldn't be just as competitive uh, with the Panthers getting their legs under them now after that long layoff and having their fans behind them as well. All right. Glenn, I mean, shout out to Glenn. Scott, what are your thoughts, man, as far as uh, the first two games? Ah, uh, okay. Where do I start? Uh, well, the answer to your first question: Can Florida make this a series? Absolutely. Of course they can. Uh, you know, these are the uh, the comeback kids. The you know, these are the uh, you know the 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 ones that uh, that we have bequeathed the no quit in um, title two because we don't deserve it, and they clearly do this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we we got kind of spoiled with you know they've they've been on an eleven and one run, and we kind of spoiled them that you know we we're not used to them losing. But don't forget, this is a team that was down three games to one to that uh, juggernaut of a Boston team. And when it was three to one, everybody was saying, "Well, I can't believe they even got a game out of that." Uh, you know, everybody was thinking sweep. Mm-hmm. You know, just hand the cup to Boston already. They were down three games to one, and obviously uh, they were not about to go down quietly in that series. And then mm-hmm. since since they were down three to one, it's eleven and one. So they forgot. Uh, you know, we forgot that they're actually. Uh, you know, they they, they kind of took over the, the the mantle of being. They they, they became the Boston after beating Boston. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, this team will be able to rebound no problem. Not, well, will they? Who knows? But can they? Absolutely. Um, you know, we were also talking about momentum carrying over, and I don't, I don't know if we were all in agreement, but I think it was uh, – I think, I think Carl, I think we were on the same page about we don't uh, – I don't believe in momentum carrying over one, one to another. Uh, you know, they got the – Ass is absolutely handed to him last night, but that's not going to matter when they hit the ice. And I'm sure they're not even thinking about it now. Uh, you know, like we talked about, one, you know, one nothing in four overtimes is no different in how the series, you know, shapes up than than seven to two. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. Uh, obviously, they've got a big task at home. Uh, even though they did come back from three one, they don't necessarily want to do that again. So they need to go. Uh, you know, they need to defend that home ice and. You know those uh, those screaming lifelong Panthers fans need to uh, you know help them help help them out. Um, item number two and uh, Glenn, thank you for the segue and mentioning me by name. Um, I'm you know I'm always <laughs> down for an opportunity to trash the league. Uh, it was the marketing department for me for the past few months, and now it's back to old faithful, my bread and butter, the uh, NHL Department of Player Safety. 
<laughs> See, I, I can't even say that without uh, a little giggle, without a straight face, because uh, they don't have a Department of Player Safety. They, um, yeah, so with regards to the hits, um, yeah, the NHL needs to do something. I, I mean, I know that they've been trying to scale down fighting, and I'm sure behind closed doors they have plans to remove it completely, but well, you want to take out checking too, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you know, you, they've cleaned up the hits. Obviously there's, you know, we grew up in, in the, you know, eighties and nineties watching hockey, you know, you know, Scott Stevens probably would have been suspended 38 times for, for his hits that were legal back then, but are not legal now. Um, that being said, if, if a guy gets crushed and it's legal and it's clean and, and uh, you know, the, the, yes, the absolutely the NHL needs to do something and drop the hammer on guys that are, um, you know, you know, that, that, that want to pummel the guy, you know, for making a clean hit. Now I know that there's part that's part of the hockey etiquette with, you know, protecting your players and whatnot. But in, unless it's a mismatch of weight classes, you know, unless it's like, uh, you know, like a Ryan Reeves or a Tom Wilson just absolutely destroying, uh, you know, like a Matt Zuccarello or somebody tiny like that, you know, unless it's just an absolute mismatch, in which case you have no choice but to beat the hell out of that guy, whether it's clean or not. But if that's not the case, and, and you know, like Truba was a good example, because Truba's a you know a light to middleweight, so there's really nobody off limits to him uh, as far as long as the hit is clean. So yeah, as long as there's no mismatch in weight classes uh, and the hit is clean, yes, the NHL absolutely needs to do something. It, it, you know, it, it's an instigator. It should absolutely be an instigator. You know, mm-hmm. which comes with an, with an automatic. I guess I think ten ten minute misconduct sometimes a game, uh, depending how blatant it was. Um, yeah. So again, if the NHL Department of Player Safety existed <laughs> and did their job because, um, you know, obviously we know that they have no plans on getting dirty hits out of the game, head hunting, slew footing, all that good stuff. We know one, two games, Brad Marchand in there for his fourth time of the year, seven suspensions and he gets two games. Like, come on. Um, you know, Tom Wilson, you know, obviously the NHL, we know this, has zero plans to get the dirty, disgusting, injury-causing hits out of the game. Um, so it's doesn't come as, you know, a shock that they have, you know, no interest in doing anything about this either, but they absolutely should. If it's a clean legal hit, no penalty, not going to be reviewed, and somebody takes offense to that and and the weight classes match up, uh, there should absolutely be discipline. I think there should be a two-minute instigator and ten-minute misconduct uh, plus possible, uh, you know, phone hearing or whatever for, for possible fine and suspension. I think it's, it's disgusting. Um, you know, it, it, it's completely changing the game and, you know, hard, good, hard hits are a part of the game in every facet. You know, you, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of fighting, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of like seventies style fighting. I'm not a fan of like a Broadway, uh, Broadway, uh, uh, uh Broad Street Bullies type of thing, <clears throat> but I'm a big fan of fighting as long as it's done strategically and as long as the uh, the rules of etiquette are observed with with weight classes and you know with you know making sure everybody's ready and that you know all that good stuff as long you know because I, I, I do I do believe it still serves a purpose. Um, but this is not one of them, and I and I think uh, you know the, the, you got to draw the line somewhere between protecting your players from a hit uh, and. Uh, you know, just, you know, going going overboard, and, and I think it's definitely overboard. It's uncalled for, and it should absolutely be. Uh, there should be should be see a, 
disciplinary action uh, for doing that because if I mean, and, and it's just hypocritical. It just shows how hypocritical the league is. The league is obviously trying to scale down, if not if, uh, eliminate fighting, but here you have where they're not doing anything about a fight that shouldn't be part of the game. This particular type of fight should not be part of the game, and the NHL is showing how hypocritical they are because <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the first one type of fighting they should, they should crack down on, but they're not doing that. I mean, the NHL has done ridiculous things like you're not allowed to take your helmet off. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, for a fight, guys don't want to break their hands. They want to take their helmets off. That's part of the etiquette. But they, the NHL has cracked down on that. I, it makes no sense to me. It's ridiculous. And speaking of which, real quick, um, do you guys remember when, when the NHL first did that? Because because it's a fine possible suspension, I think, if you take your helmet off. Um, there was a I want to say it was a preseason game, and I will look this up and, and, and get a confirmation for next time. I think it was a preseason game between the Islanders and the Devils sometime within the past decade or so and they had just made the rule about taking your helmet off so what what did they do these two guys took each other's helmets off does anybody remember this i'm pretty sure it was a preseason game islanders devils but they dropped the gloves came in close to each other took each other's helmet off because there was no rule against that but if they took their own helmets off it would have been a finer and or suspension uh i will look that up i i remember it happening i thought that that like what other sport would have, would have two guys fight and do that to each other before they start beating the crap out of each other? You know, just, just another uh, reason why hockey fighting at, you know, has, hockey has fighting down. But this is not one of it. Yeah. Well, not one of them. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I agree with that, man. It's just too much uh, hypocriticism. Or hypocrite. I guess we could put it out as a word, hypocriticism from the NHL, man. And it's just out of hand, and the league is just, just out of whack out of that. But, but as far as the play, um, what can Florida do? You know, I, you know, I listen from a, from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint. I know we look at former players. How does play his ass off? Uh, pretty much in the, all the series, he's kind of the unsung Golden Knight. He does a lot of this dirty work, he's putting on some hits, uh, he's getting some good good shots since went in there, good good ice times. Skated well with his line mates with Stevenson, I think Mark Stone at the time. I think they've done a very good job. Uh, against any of the combination of lines that they're seen on the ice with the Panthers or against the Panthers. Um, Riley Smith has played well. Um, I mean, there's no, I mean, this is almost like a borderline, borderline all-star team. It's like, you know, ever since the expansion team and no, no, no offense, even like five years ago when they played the caps in the finals. But I mean, this is still a very good hockey club, even you know, bringing on Alec Martinez from the LA Kings. They're, you know, they've just got a lot of balance up and down the lineup. Eichel from the, uh, the the Sabres trade, uh, shoot, Marshall Saul, you know, he's been playing well, you know, former Panther. Um, but I do think Florida could get back into the series. How do they get back into the series? Well, I just think I, – I see, I don't watch a lot of regular season Florida Panther hockey to know who played well with who. But, um, I mean, from the looks of it, it's just – I think they just – I don't know if they're burnt out. I just think Vegas has outplayed them. Um, the, the Sam Bennett line with – Kachuk, they just got to get going like they've done all playoff series. I don't, you know, Duclair, you know, former Ranger. And there's a lot of former Rangers in the series, by the way, on both teams. But he's 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 got uh, that, that second when he got that second goal in the first game. You know, I thought the Panthers were going to steal again. Just it looked like the game in Toronto, uh, game one. But um, that unfortunate screen and everything's been downhill ever since. 
I think they'll find a way to get at least one out of two. I'm not exactly. I said they were going to win the series, but as of right now, it's hard to say that. But I'm still stick with Florida. We'll go back to Carl getting starts. If there's any other way that um, Florida could climb back into this, uh, is the you know, like you said, is the writing's on the wall for Bobrovsky. You know, he got pulled, looking bad. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Scott's thoughts on what he said about the hit, and then get Glenn's thoughts and Scott, and then we'll go around for final thoughts after that. Yeah, you know, Scott, I actually looked up the uh, the fight you're talking about. Brent Gallant and Chris Barch on September 19th, 2013. We're almost on the 10-year anniversary yep, I, of, I the, uh, well, of the yep. fight itself. Yeah, so that was the uh, that's the situation. Uh, as far as potential penalties, you know, we were talking about, during the season, we were t- I brought this up, uh, the general managers had met uh, during the league meetings right around the springtime and there was a, enough, apparently there was enough general managers who did not want to have any penalties at all for retaliation uh, of clean hits. Now, I don't know what you do about that if you can't even get, you know, the, the powers that be in the league uh, among the teams to agree on this. So while we hate it, we think it's stupid. Apparently there is a, a segment, I don't know if Chris Drury is in the same boat, but, you know, that seems to believe that, you know what, this should continue. Oh, well, I, I, I mean, then I guess we're just going to keep on, you know, keep on seeing more of this. Um, as far as Florida trying to get back into the series, uh, Florida has to avoid what happened to the Stars in the first period of Game 3 at home last week, you know, or two weeks ago, actually. You know, about a minute in the game, Vegas got the first goal. Within seven minutes, it was three to nothing. Good night. And Florida has to be very, very careful that the first period does not go the wrong way tomorrow. If mm-hmm. they can get out of that period, <clears throat> no score, 1-1, or have the lead, then they can work themselves into the game. You can – the way – watching Vegas play this play, postseason, you can't get behind them. If you're trailing against them, it just gets so hard. Because they have – if you the balance of their team, there's – very little weakness. Like you would want to say in, in, in theory, like, all right, we're going to try to expose the goal center. The problem is, is that, you know, the levels of defense and the way that the forwards come in and, and really sort of, I don't want to say insulate the goalie from, you know, but there is something to this where, you know, he is not forced to, you know, have uh, a game in which he basically has to save the world. There was, you know what, in this series, he's actually had, probably two or three of the best days of the postseason. I think in game one, there was a particular play. You guys can try to drop me. There was one particular play where it looked like Florida had a for sure goal, and he made just an amazing, amazing stop. So he's making, you know, some spectacular, you know, individual plays here and there, but not on the collective. And so that's something that I'm, I'm you know, just kind of be on the lookout for uh, tomorrow night. And then, Brett Howden, I was talking about this with a friend of mine the other night. I was like, you know, he couldn't he couldn't get a sweater on the Rangers on on on, on occasion, but somehow I'm watching him deke that that goal last night. I said, where did where did he get this skill from? <laughs> how did how, how did this happen? And so you know, I was I'm wondering. I'm like, now of course he wasn't a big point producer for 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 Vegas this season, but I was like, you know what? Could he have been a somewhat productive player on the Rangers? Like, did the Rangers need to go and trade for I don't know Tyler Mott just hypothetically? when perhaps that guy existed on the Rangers team and we just didn't know it. You know, maybe just a change of scenery does something for a different guy. And so that's just something I wonder about. And probably the last thing, too, guys, is this. 
you know, um, even if Florida loses this series, um, we've seen now in three different sports sort of these teams that have mediocre to below average regular seasons and they have these playoff runs. We're seeing in basketball with the Heat. We see it here with the Panthers. We saw it with uh, with the Phillies in baseball last year. And as we look ahead to the Rangers season next year, you know, we do this show every week. And I'm trying to figure out how I should even evaluate these regular seasons. Should I even have emotion involved? Because, like, Steve will know this because I've been joined in the season for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no interest in baseball season. I have no interest in anything the Yankees are doing right now because, for the most part to me, as long as you just get in the postseason, call me later. But how do we evaluate these regular seasons going forward because we're putting expectations and trying to watch these games day to day, but as we're seeing, the results of what's happening over 82 games don't really mean anything. Maybe we could look at it as the last 15 of that regular season for each team, see how they're playing at that point. Because I agree with you, Carl. Because today's sports, it's, it's the old. It's like you have that old adage, right? Like the best home ice, best home core, or whatever. That's that's what it was for the most part in the 20th century. 21st century, different athlete. They travel too much. I'm with you, man. It's like the regular season doesn't really mean anything. As, as long as it's a certain team that gets on a roll, that's keep an eye on all what they're doing and how they're doing, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, and maybe it's not even that. You know, even in the case of, let's say, the, you know, the, the the Panthers and the Heat, it took them to the last mm-hmm. game, basically, or in the Heat's case, the, the second play-in game to get in the postseason. And, and of course, the, the, we've been talking about the, the Panthers. It was the second-to-last game of the season by a team that that had to help them get in. It wasn't really them, but some other – I'm like, okay, well, what do I what do I do with this? You know, they're going to hire a coach here whose yeah. job is to win the Cup – who if, they, who if the Rangers are struggling during the season, the folks want to have fired. But I'm like, why should I even care what happens in November, December, and January? It doesn't even – like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled right. about this. So I'm just soliciting feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, the regular season is just shooting the breeze at this point. It's like, why bother, right? I, I get it. Glenn, what are your thoughts? And then we'll go to Scott and then go around final thoughts after that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've come around in the last number of years to decide that the regular season is for entertainment purposes, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you know, we're hockey fans. We love hockey. We want to, you know, we want to see as much of it as we can. And you know, when they talk about maybe shortening the season or doing different things, I'm like, no, just give me my hockey. It's entertainment. Um, and then we get down to business when the playoffs come. Um, you know, it, 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 you talk about the regular season. We had talked about this before. Um, how everything could have changed had Pittsburgh won one of those last two games and Florida didn't get in. The Rangers wouldn't have played the Devils. Florida wouldn't have been in. It could have changed the whole landscape of these uh, Stanley Cup playoffs with the matchup. So, I mean, you're right. It, in that case, it came down to one game, <laughs> you know, that, that might have made the whole difference. Um, as far as uh, Florida goes, uh, you know, making a case for them, I'll, I'll come right back to our own neighborhood. Who thought after the first two games against the Devils that the Rangers were going to lose that series, uh, especially after winning the two games on the road? Uh, so, you know, anything is possible in these playoffs, so I'm not counting Florida out yet. Uh, the thing that uh, impresses me, though, about Vegas is that they're getting what you always say you want to get in the playoffs. They're getting good to very good goaltending, 
and more importantly, they're getting uh, secondary scoring. I mean, you look at the guys that are scoring goals for Vegas, Nicholas Waugh, uh, Amadio, uh, like Carl pointed out, Howden. Um, I, I read that uh, Vegas has nine goal scorers in the first two games, which is uh, a new record. Uh, the record had been eight. Uh, a number of teams had eight uh, over the first two games. They've got nine different goal scorers in the first two games and 12 different point scorers. Uh, so they're getting their scoring from everywhere. So if you're Florida, it's like, you know, who do I stop? Where do I look? You know, what do I do? Um, so, uh, I mean, that's what I think has, has really impressed me most with Vegas. That they're, they're getting what we always say we want as fans in the playoffs. You want that secondary scoring and you want good goaltending. And that's what they're getting right now. So uh, that's why I think that they're seeing the, the success that they, they are seeing. Uh, and uh, the other thing is there, I think, uh, I don't know if Carl had mentioned it, uh, just the, the, the way their forwards and their defense are playing in concert with each other. It's just their structure is, is really strong right now. They're playing as a cohesive unit. Uh, they're protecting Aiden Hill. Um, so, I mean, right now they've got everything you would want from uh, a playoff standpoint for a team. they got everything going right now. So, uh, again, that's why I think they're going to wind up eventually prevailing. But I still think Florida is going to catch a game or two. So, uh, hopefully they will, and we'll get a few more games of hockey before we got to wait till. Uh, uh, September. All right, right. Shout out to Glenn Scott. Anything else before we go around for final thoughts? Yeah, uh, Vegas being here obviously is is, is no surprise. There's no up, upset of any kind. They definitely deserve to be here, tied for the fourth best record in the league. 111 points. They, you know, we were just so East heavy. We didn't really talk about them. Uh, we didn't really talk about anybody in the West. Also, you know, obviously the Rangers, Carolina, Boston, the Devils. You know, everything was was, was East heavy. Um, so you know, it might seem like a surprise, but it's really not. Uh, you know, they're probably the top choice in the West. We just didn't really focus much on them. Um, and, you know, as for Florida with the, with the whole regular season, uh, you know, debate, uh, I, I don't want to discount the regular season by any means. I mean, yeah, Florida, one of those teams that just, you know, coasted through the regular season. And then all of a sudden, if they pull it off, uh, you know, one, you know, to, to, to downplay the importance of the regular season, you know, uh, both King Kings teams, 2012, 2014 were in that boat, uh, switching sports, obviously to, to giant Super Bowls. Uh, you want to talk about coasting through the regular season and then just turning it on in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it does happen, but I think it's the uh, I think it's the exception, not the norm. I think the norm. I'd have to you know go back and do some math on this, but I think the norm is that you know more often than not a top half seed wins the title in whatever sport. You know, in the NHL, you know, four and above, or the NBA, four and above, baseball, you know. I don't know. I have no idea how many teams make the playoffs these days, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I think I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and, and say that the top half seed in, in your respective league wins the title 70%. That's, that's my number, and I'll keep, I don't even know how to begin fact-checking that. It's going to take a lot of work tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to be very, very productive at work, apparently, because uh, I like this plan. But, uh, yeah, so – 
it does happen, but but not enough to I think downplay the regular season. I think the regular season is very important to to establish yourself. That being said, we've also seen case in point Boston, uh, case in point Rangers. We've obviously teams uh, some great great teams that were supposed to make some noise uh, not get past first round. But I'm still a supporter of the regular season. I think you could take about 40 games off the of baseball's regular season. But uh, I, I'm a supporter of, of the. I, I would. I, I could see the NHL going back to some number in the 70s. I'd say 72 games. I could maybe take 10 off, but that, that's a lot of games. You know, we'll say 74. I can see going down to 74, but that's as low as I'll go because I don't, I don't want to take any more emphasis off the uh, the regular season. Uh, uh, love you guys, but uh, gentlemen, I do not support you on that one. <laughs> All right, cool. Carl, <laughs> uh, final thoughts, and then, then Scott, I mean, then Glenn and Scott, and we'll wrap up, man. Uh, go ahead, Carl, uh, final thoughts. Yeah, two things here to close it out. I guess the NHL salary cap is not going to go up uh, next season. They were trying to get a million out of it, and that's not going to happen. So if you're looking for major changes on the Rangers roster going in the next season, it's probably not going to happen at all unless you can find the right taker to basically take for bad contract for their bad contract and work it out that way. And then the last thing, too, to close it out, you know, if, if Vegas closes this out and wins the series, it'll be another sort of, you know, Stanley Cup title that'll won by a, I guess, not high-level goaltender. And I keep wondering as I see, you know, we've been through the mm. Igor, Henrik, you know, this will be what, it'll be about a 10, 15-year period here where we've had, you know, basically, you know, a top three goaltender in the league and have nothing to show for it while teams that don't necessarily have that are winning. It almost makes you wonder, okay, and we talked about this before, you know, what's the real value of having that guy? Is it just to have him? Because it mm-hmm. doesn't really serve purpose right on man carl thank you very much on your final thoughts and that's a great point man on the the goaltender man on the goaltending uh glenn a quick final thought give you a minute minute and a half thanks for scott and the route man okay well don't worry steve i got three final thoughts but they're all like one second final thoughts uh one sentence final thoughts uh first one is uh uh so much for me saying that i didn't think the uh viewership of this final was going to be very good I saw that uh, the Saturday game uh, averaged 2.8 million viewers, which was uh, a uh, record for uh, cable, uh, the second most for a cable televised uh, playoff game. First Mm. one was in 2002 between Carolina and uh, I believe it was Detroit. Uh, And it uh, actually hit a max of 3.3 million viewers at some point. Uh, The last two quick ones are, isn't it ironic that uh, Boston fires Bruce Cassidy uh, brings in Jim Montgomery. They have a record-breaking regular season, and now Bruce Cassidy is the one who's uh, poised and in position to actually bring home the cup. So that's kind of ironic. And the third uh, one is uh, I'm hoping that Chris Drury's interest in John Hines is only to make me breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> and feel better when he hires Peter Laviolette because I'm going to pull my hair out if John Haynes, uh, John Hines is behind the Ranger Benz next year. So that's my final thought. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Glenn, on that. I know that's been a, a whole what, different type of conversation for the last week and some yep. change. And I know Scott's yep. all aboard for that. But, Scott, final thoughts from you on that, and then we'll wrap up. And, Scott, are you excited for the NHL draft in Tennessee uh, this year? Because I think um, last year was in Montreal. <laughs> Kind of. I don't. I'm not big into drafts. 
you know, obviously we, we, we know where Connor Bernard is going. Um, you know, when the Rangers had those top picks, it, you know, I was just interested in, in seeing the announcement. But beyond that, not really. I yeah. don't know anything about these guys. I'm told by uh, trusted Canadian sources of mine uh, that this is a very deep draft, uh, that there's going to be some serious talent uh, all through, you know, through several rounds. You know, there's going to be guys that, you know, in, in later rounds that, uh, you know, turn out to be superstars, uh, you know, those types of things the Rangers can never get uh, that everybody else seems to do. <laughs> but, uh, no, so the answer, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see who – and the same thing with NFL or really any of them. Um, you know, I'm not going to watch it. I don't watch drafts. But I am curious yeah, – I'm being very, very interested in, uh, you know, the Rangers draft picks because yeah, I think they're – I think we're at a crossroads here. We're at a tipping point. The Rangers are, are a seesaw right now. Uh, and we can either, uh, you know, fill in a few blanks and be right back where we were next year, or or we can go, we can regress to to two years ago, um, you know, depending on this off season. So yeah, I don't know if there's anybody that'll make a big impact this year, but I'm very, uh, you know, I, I I do like seeing who the who the Rangers get. Um, eh, well, what else was it? Oh. Um, yeah, it, I, I forget. I think it was Carl. I think you mentioned the, the name Patrick Kane, and I got excited. But you know what? Uh, we're obviously going to get big time into uh, uh, free agency in the next few weeks, so there's no reason to to bring that up. Uh, yeah, John Hines, about John Hines. Uh, several Bevel fans to me have already come to me and said, "God, I hope you uh, hire John Hines." You know, with smiley faces, basically throwing it back in my face, doing the exact same thing that I was doing to them, saying, "Ha, huh, guys." Please extend Lindy Ruff, please, you know. So they were throwing it right back in my face. And, and even though the, you know, with, with Lindy Ruff out coaching, uh, um, you know, Gallant in this series, uh, most Devil fans that I know that are actually intelligent and knowledgeable uh, are still want him gone um, because they think now that the window's open, they think that he has the potential to hinder that window, uh, kind of like A.V. did to us in 2014 and 2015. So, um yeah, I do not want John Hines either. Uh, nobody, you know, in their right mind does. I want LaViolette. I think this team is back in need of a drill sergeant. Remember, uh, Tortorella was brought in to replace, I, I guess, Tom Rennie, I think, because uh, this team was desperately in need of a drill sergeant and some discipline. Uh, I think we are back to that level. Uh, I don't want Tortorella back, don't get me wrong, but LaViolette's a hard ass, and we need some of that uh, because, again, I'm not happy with the effort in, in games five and seven, and we talked about that, you know, uh, the play, players uh, being grown professionals and motivating themselves versus uh, a coach, you know, mo- motivating. But in any case, they weren't motivated. So, yeah, we, we, we need, uh, you know, Tortorella Jr. in uh, Peter LaViolette. That's, that's my first choice, definitely. All right, cool, man. Shout out to you guys. We'll be back uh, next uh, Tuesday, and we'll see where the season ends or if it's extended uh, for this uh, Stanley Cup Finals with the Panthers and the uh, Golden Knights. Shout out to Glenn, Scott, and Carl, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We'll check in next Tuesday, see where they are, whether the season concludes or it's extended, and we'll go from there. Sign grass, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your week. Cleve Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.